All right. Good morning, everybody. Hope we're doing good this Tuesday morning. It is starting off a little late. My goodness. It's 8.06. Um, it is, I don't know where you guys are living out there, but uh, it is kind of cloudy here, a little bit rainy, but uh, we're doing okay. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes when it's cloudy and gloomy, uh, you get a little bit down, a little bit tired and sleepy, want to just cuddle in and watch TV. It's amazing what weather can do to us. I was even thinking this morning uh, a little bit about prayer before I came in here. I was getting prepared, and sometimes uh, I try to feel what's kind of going on, you know, in the atmosphere just subconsciously. It's just uh, kind of a habit of mine, uh, so I won't take too much, too many things personally, but I don't know if you've ever, you know, woken up in the morning and uh, you're feeling heavy. Uh, you're feeling tired and you want to, you, you know, you've got to pray or you, and, and you want to go into prayer and there's nothing and it feels hard and so forth. And then this thing tries to push you to pray harder and so forth. But uh, a lot of times when you're waking up in the morning, it's, it's not sometimes you that's feeling uh, the heaviness or the stress that suddenly hits you. Uh, it's the people in your region, uh, they're waking up too. They've, their mouths are open. They're speaking things, uh, negative things, uh, things that are selfish. And it, it just fills the atmosphere uh, full of, of warfare because it's our mouth that produces a lot of things in our atmosphere. And a lot of times when you're in prayer, it's not you. You actually can feel all the things that are above you and above your region from people. And so you have to continue, if you understand that, you can continue to pray and uh, it, you'll eventually break through that. But most of the stuff that you're hearing in your head that's making you heavy and feel like it's you, a lot of times you're hearing a lot of other people's uh, voices, a lot of other words that have been already spoken in the air this morning. So a lot of times I'll just uh, consider that and then uh, try to focus on the Holy Spirit instead of myself. And a lot of times you'll you'll break through. Uh, my nose is running again this morning. You'll have to excuse me. <laughs> Mr. Jake and I have been together. You know how that goes uh, with my dog. But anyway, uh, I wanted to um, say something before we started this uh, God story this morning. Is uh, We've had a lot of folks, even on YouTube and so forth, you know, just sharing um, about uh, the God stories, and it's been incredible. Uh, we've had a, a lot of people write in uh, to the point where we're going to have to do something and maybe even have a studio to start these these more of these God stories. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of people that are hungry out there. And one of the questions is, that they they're saying is they they've never heard so many God stories, they've never heard of someone experiencing so many things that that you know that we have. Well, one thing I can tell you just to answer that is that uh, we're going over twenty years of walking with the Lord, and uh, and that's a little bit different than just saying, you know, Christianity. Walking with the Lord is. Uh, 
is a sacrifice. It's, it's a, a dying to self. It's a dying to your ways and uh, choosing to walk with his. And there is a cost involved. Uh, I believe that most people that, that, uh, want that walk with God, you know, a lot of your Christianity, the, the Christianity we're living in now has an attitude and I'm not saying all of them, but there's an attitude as, uh, I should have encounters with God and be able to walk the way I want to walk. You know, that's the, a uh, lot of mentality, but, uh, you can't do that. If you want to have a real encounter if you want to really truly walk with God, uh, you have to lay your life aside and uh, and walk with His and walk His life. And there is a real cost. Uh, we with me, I can't do the things that I would want to do, uh, and my fleshly side. And I'm not saying that I do this all the time, but uh, I will. I know that. You know, if I'm going to walk with God, it's going to cost me. It's going to cost me something, and it's going to cost me my life. But the thing about it is, if you if you'll lay down your life, uh, you'll be able to pick up His and experience His life, and experience Him uh, each morning or each day or uh, each month, whatever it may take. Uh, but there is a cost, and there's a um, there's a scripture you know, uh, about counting the cost and, and it is, and it's out of Luke 14. It says, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him and saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. And there's a lot in that, but I won't go into it. But uh, I can tell you at the beginning of my life, when the Lord began to you know, come to me, this is one of the things that he talked to me about and gave me a, you know, an ultimatum or, or uh, a choice that if I wanted to walk with him, I would have to give him everything it would cost me my life. And, uh, and I think that is a great honor. I don't think that that, uh, is something bad. You know, some may say, well, the Lord wouldn't do that. Well, I don't think you've been with the Lord yet until you've actually lost your life. And then you find his, and when you find his, you'll look back and say, my God, I'm glad I laid down my life for Christ. I'm glad I, I chose to walk in his will and not, uh, not my own will. And when you start to do this, you're, you, you start entering into the realm of his kingdom instead of living in the, this worldly kingdom. And that's when you start having those experiences with, with God. But I can tell you it's a cost. It really is. And uh, we're, I'm not saying we've done it perfect. Uh, there's been a lot of things that have happened in my life that is been detrimental. It's been hard. There's been traumatic things that have happened in my life. But, uh, the thing that I, I know that I've done, uh, throughout the years, no matter what has happened wrong or right, I have hung on to Jesus. I run to him kind of like David didn't matter if he made mistakes or didn't make mistakes. And he was just getting attacked for nothing. He would run to the Lord and the Lord would still talk to him. And I think, uh, 
We've got to do that. We've got to start running to the Lord for everything, in everything, and walk with him in everything. And that's when you'll start having your encounters. And so over the years, these last 22 years, 23 years of this thing, uh, I've really tried to walk with the Lord the best that I can uh, each day. Think about him first in the morning and uh, consider him every, every, try to consider him every second of my life. Try to be watchful every day. And that's not always fun. That's not always uh your flesh always wants to do its own thing and uh, kind of tell you a lot of times it'll tell me, let's just rest and flesh out for a while. Let's do our own thing. And, and I know I can't do my own thing. We've got to do his thing. And if I can do his thing, there's a reward on each on that other side. And, and to walk with God, you must carry a cross. You can't leave it and expect to walk with God or God to walk with you. We have got to walk with the Lord. Is he always there? Yes, but we're not always there with him. And uh, that's what he's trying to get us to do is to be with him where he is. Wherever He says, wherever I am, you shall be also. And that's, he was talking to disciples, not just people that, that are believing, well, he's just going to do it all. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's being with the Lord, being his disciple and walking with him. So, I uh, just wanted to answer those that question because uh, these experiences seems like it's a lot, and it is a lot. But uh, these are trials that you walk through. These things that we've experienced—it's it, not always on the other side, you know, glory to get there. Uh, there's there's a death involved of to of your true self. So, prefacing that. Uh, it's funny I'm talking about that. I just realized that, but uh, there I wanted to. I forgot to share this story that happened to me years ago. Uh, I was in my late twenties, and I was <clears throat> still on the golf tour, uh, playing golf. And the thing about it is, uh, I would while I was playing golf, I would. It was strange, but I, in these cities that I would be in, I would be in a city. And there would be this uh, famous guy that was a, he, he would lead crusades and he would ask, you know, they would, his guys would call me and ask me, you know, where are you, Brad? Because they, I knew them and they knew me and they'd say, where are you? We're doing a crusade in so-and-so town. And, you know, and uh, they, one, one time they called me and, and uh, asked me where I was. And, and I said, well, I'm in Haines City, Florida. And they said, oh my goodness, we're in Lakeland, Florida. Whenever you finish your round, why don't you just drive over and hang out with us, you know? And I would sit in these crusade meetings for a whole year. It's strange. Every time, uh, not all cities, but most cities that I would be in, they would be doing a crusade. And uh, while they're doing the crusade, the Lord would speak to me. Oh, we got Ali that's coming in. She's, she's here. And, uh, but during this time, uh, uh, one of them, the Lord spoke to me and said that he was going to baptize me in fire. And uh, this was before the Lakeland one, but, uh, and I thought, man, this is going to be great. And I, and I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, well, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to pray that I baptize you in fire. And so, of course, 
I wanted. I started praying what the Holy Spirit wanted me to pray. Of course, that, I didn't know that that's the way you pray. You pray His will and not my will. And uh, you want under these covers? Let me put her under the cover. There we go. She likes to be under her covers. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I started praying this thing. And uh, I would pray it every day. And uh, I wouldn't see anything, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, haven't seen a baptism of fire. I didn't know what baptism of fire was until I found out later. Uh, and we'll talk about that. But uh, there was a lot of things that I didn't know biblically back then that I actually experienced. And there's a scripture, I, I went to it, he had to tell me back then, I was, you know, not uh, educated as much then uh, in scripture to know where scripture was, but he, he actually quoted that, that he would baptize me in fire. And so I started looking it up and it says in Matthew 11, Matthew 3 verse 11, it says, I indeed baptize you with water, this is John, unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with holy with the Holy Spirit and fire. And his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly, thoroughly clean out his threshing floor, gather his wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, I didn't realize that the second verse, verse 12, goes along with the baptism of fire, the winnowing fan in his hand, and he thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. That is part of the baptism of fire, and I didn't realize that uh, until I, you know, was actually went through this experience. And so, I'm reading these scriptures and I'm praying, and the Holy Spirit will would continue to encourage me and say, "I will do this." And finally. I'll never forget it. I was, my mom lived in, uh, my mom and dad lived in Ruston, Louisiana at the time. And, and it was a cold winter night and I was continually uh, praying that the Holy Spirit would baptize me because he told me to pray it. And so I was doing exactly what he told me to do or trying to. And of course my prayer life, even back then, I wish I could get back to it. It was very simple. It wasn't spiritual. I would just say what he's saying and uh, things would get done. And I thought, you know, uh, it, that's just the way you did it. And, and then I got a little bit church, uh, uh, how could I say it? I got taught how to do church instead of uh, teaching how to do spirit. And I'm getting back to that the more and more after these, these years of really encountering the revelations of the Lord I'm really, God is unchurching me and actually teaching me more of his spirit and uh, his person. And he's Jesus in me. <laughs> but uh, but I, I was a bit frustrated when I got to my mom's and dad's house and my family was there. And, and I was walking down the hallway of our house and, and the Holy Spirit said, come outside and let's pray. And I thought, come outside and pray. My gosh, it's 20 degrees out here, you know, outside. <clears throat> but I thought, well, I'm going to do what he tells me to do. So I put on my coat 
a heavy coat and I walked outside and my parents had a big yard that kind of was sloping down. It had a slope on it. And then it, you could turn to the right down at the end and cross over into a field. And I thought, I'm going to get out there in that field where nobody can see me because I'd look like an idiot here. And so uh, it's dark. The stars are out. And I cross over the, the fence. And I get out in the middle of this field. And, uh, and I could just see just stars. And it was just massively pretty. And I was just sitting there on my knees, just uh, kneeling in the tall grass and praying. You know, and I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, what, what do you want me to pray? Cause, and I was, I was frustrated, you know, at the time. And I, I think he knew it because I had really been asking him what to do. Uh, you know, when are you going to baptize me in fire? What do you need for me to do? And he would always tell me, have patience. There's timings for everything. And, uh, and so I would, I would wait and pray. So I knelt down on my knees and I was praying and I said, Holy Spirit, what, what do you want me to pray? What do you want to show me? He said, I'm going to baptize you in fire. And I said, and I said, yes, you're going to baptize me in fire. I know that, but I don't know exactly what that means, but would you please show me, uh, what that means, uh, baptism of fire. Could you give me a sign that you're going to actually do it? And uh, I didn't think he would actually, you know, take my word up on it and actually give me a sign and or or come to me and talk to me in a way that he did. And suddenly, as I'm freezing my tail off in the middle of this field and praying that, uh, as soon as I asked, will you please give me a sign of, of this? There was a, a huge ball of fire that just started to appear in the heavens just above me. It, it came from a distance and, uh, and started to travel up above me. Now, this had nothing to do with trying to be spiritual. This had nothing to do with uh, seeing it in the spirit. There was a literal a ball of fire that came and it was humongous. I can't even describe how big it was, but it looked uh, as big as the field. And that is no lie. That, I mean, it was that big, as big as a block, you know, at least. And, uh, and it came and hovered over me. And I don't mean just, just right next to me, because if it would have, I believe if, if it would have touched me, it probably would have killed me. But it was over me in the in the sky, and the the weird, strange part about this, and I still haven't gotten all of it. I'm still trying to understand all of the strangeness of God's kingdom. I mean, I can't imagine what John, you know, how John describes all of what he saw, and even what Daniel saw. Uh, there's not even words to it. They even try to say it in human form, or in earthly words, and you still can't get it. You know. And that's the way it was with me. And it hovered over me and I just hit the floor or hit the ground eating dirt. And I was, you know, Lord, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. You know, and I was just had my face planted because it just scared me uh, so. 
I'd never seen anything like that. And there I was laying in that tall grass with my face down in the dirt saying, I get it. I understand. Okay, you're going to baptize me. And, uh, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this thing's going to come down and burn me slap up. And uh, it just hovered over me and spoke to me. And as it spoke, it, it spoke the same things that the Holy Spirit told me in my spirit. And it said, he told me that I will baptize you in fire. And except the way he said it from that standpoint, uh, I didn't have to ask and get frustrated anymore. I was like, yes, okay, I get it. I understand. And I was almost to the point where you can go now because it just freaked me out so bad. And as I'm laying there, it starts to move because I can feel the heat move off of my body. And so I look up to see if it's still there and I look to the left and it's moving into the distance and, and over the trees. And when it gets over the trees, it starts to go up and it just disappears right before my, right before my eyes. And I laid there and I just started weeping. Uh, why would I, the thing that I weeped was not the experience. It wasn't the experience that was just so great. What hit me was God would choose uh, to manifest himself just for a country boy like me in the middle of a field and talk to me. It made me feel special, but it also humbled me in, in a great way. I can't describe it. Talking about it is a little tough because uh, the love that I felt, the love of God that I felt for him and the love that I felt that he felt for me was overwhelming. I was no longer cold. I was actually quite warm. And I sat there with my face down weeping. And the only thing that I could say was, why would you do this for me? You know, why? Why would you do this for me? And he said to me, he said, it's for everybody that wants to follow me. I will show myself to them. And that is so true. He will show himself to anyone that wishes to truly follow him, truly follow him. But I didn't know I was truly following him. I thought that it was just a way of life to lay down your life. Not to expect God to do anything, but expect to be obedient to the Lord. And, uh, and it humbled me. I can't tell you how long I was there. Uh, I know I was there long enough to weep and long enough to I got cold again. But uh, it humbled me. After it was over and I began to get cold and him speaking that to me and me just overwhelmed by his love, I got up on my knee up on my feet and I began to walk toward the house just 
thanking the Lord for what he had just did for me. I'll tell you, if somebody was looking out their window, they would have seen that, that fire. If there was, there was a few houses in the distance, if, if they were looking out the window, I guarantee you, they, they saw something that they probably couldn't describe. Kind of like me, because the fire looked like it was alive. It had, it's like it'd reach out and these fans of, of flames would reach out and it looked like it was completely alive. And, uh, there was a lot of stuff in that, that I've learned since then that he is alive and he is a consuming fire, but that fire is him and it is alive and it is reaching out to those that want to walk with him. And, uh, I got to the house and walked in and it's like, you know, I know my family, they knew I saw something and, uh, I went in and told my family what had happened and, uh, they just couldn't believe it. It was, of course you could tell that I'd seen something and I told my wife at the time just what, what it was and what had happened. And they knew that man, this is the Lord, you know, something has happened. Anytime I'd have an experience, I'd look freakish. And, uh, after that was over though, that experience was over. I didn't know what was coming. And, uh, the next thing that happened to about two weeks later, I was, it found myself in this place of Lakeland, Florida. I was in Haines city, uh, Florida playing golf and then uh, I drove down to Lakeland and uh, I found myself on the stage with Benny, Benny Hinn and uh, he'd called me up and was about to pray for me and uh, before he could even get to me I looked up and here comes that ball and that ball came down it looked like out of the ceiling and I know it didn't but uh and it hit me and it, and it burnt, started to burn in me. And I can't even tell you the burning that I felt, the burning that I felt, I screamed to high heaven. And then I end up prophesying some type of prophecy without a microphone. And, uh, everyone heard it in the, in the, uh, Coliseum so much so that after it was over, uh, a few days later, Benny wanted me to have it. He wanted me on his partner show to describe what had happened to me because it was such a powerful thing. And then of course he said, even on TV that he had something of the same experience happened to him where he had a man of fire come to him. Well, after all of this was over, uh, I thought, man, this is going to, something great's about to happen. And it was, but I, it wasn't coming in the way that I thought my life started to be purified even more. I mean, things started burning up. Things started falling away. Things that I had that I tried to keep up, they wouldn't work anymore. I mean, Everything that I would try to make happen would fall. Everything in my own strength would be taken away. And it seemed as though 
my God, I just had a, you know, this experience and now it's hell. But it wasn't hell. This was the fire that I'd asked for through the Holy Spirit. And he was taking away, God was burning up everything that was not him in my life. So that I could be able to enter into those gates of the Spirit and walk with him in a holy way. That's that part in verse 12. He is winnowing fan and is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. And that threshing floor is in us. The very foundation that we have built our life on will be done away with. It will, he will take it completely away because we, we have a foundation that God has truly destined in our life, which is God in us. But we like to build another foundation, which is our will and our life. And we build on that instead of building on what God wants to build and uh, his foundation. And he started taking my foundation away so that the true foundation could be seen. And that be my foundation, which is Jesus, Jesus Christ and his will in my life. And uh, I can tell you, I mean, I went through all types of things. I started losing everything. You know, I was going through some, even some trials then, but it didn't, it, it didn't even measure up with what I was going through after the baptism of fire. And that's what happens. You know, when we ask for fire, he thinks we mean it. And uh, he will start purifying our life. You know, and some will say, you baptize me in fire. And he goes, yes, okay, let's do it. And a lot of times after you had this experience with the Holy Spirit asking, baptize me with fire, it's like the next day all hell breaks loose. And it's like, you know, you start losing things in your life and you think, you know, hell's after you. No, heaven's after you because you asked to be baptized in fire. His winnowing fork gets in, puts it, gets in his hand, and he starts cleaning your life up. And uh, that, and then later on, after it's over, you may have an experience with the Lord to confirm what and that, that just happened. Sometimes it will happen like it happened with me. I'll have the experience first, and then I get the, you know, all the purification later. And as I was going through this purification. Man, I got on my knees. I said, what is going on? He said, this is the results of being baptized in fire. <laughs> That's why a lot of times I don't, while people are going fire, fire, I'm asking, oh Lord, I'm not asking for fire. Give it to them. You know, I've had enough of a crispy crunch for a little while, you know, but, uh, but I do ask it when he tells me. And there are stages we go through because if he was constantly baptizing you in his fire and constantly having his winnowing fork in his hand, there wouldn't be nothing left of you. So there's a time of harvest, you know, in our life. And then he'll, he'll harvest all that, which is God. And he'll harvest all those things which are not God. And what is left is you and the Lord. And then he'll let you grow again you know, like a field. And then you'll have wonderful times with God. You'll have this great, you know, success and you'll go through all types of stages and, 
And then it's like all of a sudden, you know, all hell breaks loose again, but it's really the Lord coming again in his, your stage and pruning you because anybody that bears fruit and is having a great ministry or great business or whatever it is in your life, if you're producing all this great fruit, that is God's, uh, at a time there will be a season where you get pruned. And if you don't understand those those times of his winnowing uh is winnowing fan, uh, you can think it's the enemy, but anybody that's very successful will go through a pruning and it's not the devil. It's not us being attacked. It's us being pruned so that we can bear more fruit. You know, not too long ago, I had someone that was very wealthy and they were asking me, you know, all this is going on. This is going on. Please pray. It's, I got the enemy on my tail and we really need to press in and, you know, the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And, and a lot of times we quote that stuff and don't understand it. But, uh, I I started laughing. He said, why are you laughing? I said, well, it's because you're being pruned. You're favored with God. This has nothing to do with Satan. This has nothing to do with the enemy. It has everything with, to do with God because you bear, you have, bared a lot of fruit in your life and uh, God's pruning you so just hang on let him prune you and then you'll come back out you know in full blossom with even more just hold on to it stop trying to get everybody to stop to pray to stop his hand you know he's wrestling with you you keep wrestling with you he's probably going to pop something out of joint <laughs> and uh of course, he, before he hung up the phone, he said, "This that's why I like you. I said, why is that? He goes, you're always telling me the truth, but sometimes I just don't like it. <laughs> but uh, we've got to be like that. You know, this Bible is that we read is about God. It's not about Satan's, you know, doings. It's about God's doings. It's about his works. And if we think about his work, seeing everything through his eyes, we'll be able to go through this stuff. You know, even the, you know, Satan threshed uh, Peter, but the Lord prayed for him. And he said, when you come back, strengthen your brethren. In other words, this is the process that you're going to go through. I'm a, my father's allowing Satan to come and thresh your life. Just hang on to him and when you go through it, after you've come through it, in other words, just keep going on. He's going to prune you. He was threshing him. And sometimes the enemy is allowed to come into our life as God's winnowing fan to really thresh our floor, the threshing floor, to really take out all of the dross that has been settled in us. But if we'll hang on to the Lord because the Lord has prayed for us, He's prayed for every Peter out there. He's prayed for all humanity out there because Peter is an example of what we do to the Lord. You know, and that's a whole different story. But man, if there's anybody that went through the fire it would be Peter. He got, you know, he got his fourth, you know, his, the winnowing fan went through his threshing floor pretty fast. But he got right back up and was the very one that started the church in Acts 2. You know, he has started understanding it. Hey, wait a minute. This is the Lord's will I've got to go through. You know, I can't go and start feeling sorry for myself. Yes, I did disobey. Yes, I did deny him. 
but it was because I was being threshed and purified by my own doubts, my own fears. Man, I see this as the Lord. I've got to go strengthen my brother and let them know how the Lord, you know, purifies us. He's prayed for all of us when we go through these things, but we've got to see the Lord in it. I hope that helps. But, uh, man, we have got to get closer to Jesus. The more I talk about it, uh, we have got to get close to Jesus and we've got to get closer to one another. We have got to find the folks that we've got to be around. You know, Peter, one of the reasons why Peter denied the Lord was because he chose not only to disconnect from the Lord, but he disconnect from his own friends, the only the people that he was connected to. John goes into the courts Peter stays outside. He was not only disconnecting from the Lord, but he was disconnecting from his brethren as well and warmed himself himself by the fire. And man, there is a lot of us that have a Lone Ranger, you know, mentality. I don't need you. I don't need your advice. You know, things of that nature. And man, that's like us with Peter. We disconnect from the Lord and disconnect from the very one the Lord has put us with and we try to warm ourselves with our own concocted fire as earthly. And uh, we find ourselves uh, denying the Lord. We're a sitting duck. We're an open target when we disconnect that way. But, uh, but the Lord will use it, you know, to thresh us out, to clean us out, to cause us to realize, my gosh, I got to get back with my brethren like Peter did. He went back to his brethren and started strengthening him, strengthening them because he knew, man, this is not the way. We can't disconnect. I've got to encourage our brothers. I got to keep us together and uh, build us up. We can't do it without each other. We can't do it without the Lord. But uh, anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I hope you, you've enjoyed it. Uh, I wanted to t let some of you guys know that uh, pretty soon uh, today we're going to have a we're supposed to have a flyer out on our website. If you don't know it, it's livingvineministries.org. But uh, in July, uh, we're trying to start. We're going to start a monthly a month intensive on mentoring. Uh, those that want to come and be mentored by our team here on the ways of Jesus. Uh, you're going to, a lot of these guys that will come, you'll, you'll be able to understand how Jesus walked, but you also understand what it's like to be, uh, a tr be under someone's true life. We're going to walk together. We're going to uh, discuss problems together. We're going to walk through issues together. We're going to learn how to pray. We're going to learn how to see God. Uh, but it's going to be one-on-one, -on -one, uh, and those that want to come, uh, we're going to make a way to where you can come and be with us. And, uh, and it's only a month intensive and it's going to be in the month of July and it'll start the, the weekend of the 6th of July and go all the way to the end of July. And we're going to set it up to where you can sign up and, uh, come here and to be able to be, uh, walk with our, us in our life. Uh, and us walk with you in your life. We're going to walk this thing out together. And if it really goes well, um, we're going to end up probably end up doing a, a real 
mentoring school, and we're going to, and it's called the the Myrtle Beach School of Life, and uh, it's going to be fun. The Lord, it's been on our hearts for a long time to uh, to help people to un- to understand God, to be able to walk with Jesus, but also to be able to walk with each other. And uh, if you're interested in coming, if you're interested in signing up, uh, I think today there'll be a flyer up, and after that there'll be an application where uh, we'll put up on our website if you want to fill it out and come on. I think for the whole month it's, uh, we've we've narrowed it down to what it cost us is $335 for the whole month. And so uh, if you want to do that, you can and come down and hang with us for a, a month of, of this summer. We did it for the summer because a lot of people are off during that time. Young folks are, are off during the, the summertime and you can come and hang out here at the beach and be able to uh, walk with us and we walk with you. There's a lot of in-depth teachings that will happen, but it, it's not going to happen in like a you know, school type setting or a uh, where you're sitting down all the time in a, in a place where you're just learning. We're going to be walking together. We're going to be talking together. We're going to be walking through issues together. We're going to get real together. And uh, hopefully after that month, you'll have something in your heart to, to go after. You know, a lot of guys out there don't even know their purpose. And uh, we have a way to be able to allow the Spirit to start showing us, us our purpose but I believe you can you start understanding your purpose by not only walking with God, but walking with each other, and that's the way the disciples, you know, uh, walked. They didn't just walk with God; they walked with God and with each other. And out of that, they started finding purpose by being with one another and being with God. And it's a a true discipleship. Uh, I hate to call it program. It's a true discipleship walk. Uh, with a ministry here that we've set up to be able to help people. It's not going to be something that uh, we're not going to try to hype it up and try to make it look as though you're going to be this on fire preacher uh, that's going to be out and saving lives. We want you a, a an on fire disciple uh, walking the walk of Jesus and leaving a trail of signs and wonders behind you. To where you're not aware of your ministering, you're more aware of God. And uh, and you leave a trail of the aroma of Jesus to, for others to follow. That's really what we want to see is people not only doing ministry, but people that are walking in the true ministry, which is the fullness of the character of Jesus Christ. And uh, we, we hope that you'd be interested. We're, we're kind of doing this as a how could I say, a first run to see if people really want to do it, uh, see if there's a people out there that are hungry, that really want to walk with God and in depth. Uh, this is a real uh, responsibility even for us because we're not setting up just teachings uh, that will uh, fill in the gaps for times that you will be here. Uh, it's going to be us. Our, we're going to be your time that we're going to, fill in. It's not just going to be teachings. Uh, it's going to be true relationship filling in all the times of the day. And if you want to come in, you want to come down, you're welcome here at Myrtle Beach. Uh, we've got a good team here. We've got Mark Twain, Stephen Alls, and we've got a bunch of folks that are on our team. Uh, but uh, it will be fun. 
there'll be a lot of details that we'll put out on the on the website if you're interested and want to sign up you can but uh we're kind of excited about this but it's a great responsibility for us you know this is not a type of ministry that we try to do this to get money of course you know with that type of price uh you can't make much money it's really just to pay the expenses and the things that we're we've got to do to be able to fulfill this thing for the month but uh we want people to come who are really serious that want to go after Jesus, but actually serious to be in relationship with mankind again and to be able to walk out problems and issues. So uh, pray about it. If you want to come, tell everybody about it. And uh, we'll have it up on our website. We'll even put it on the Facebook. Uh, I'm supposed to get the flyer this morning. But... Uh, and also, if you really want to know our ministry, read these two books, The Chronicles of Awakenings and The Farthest Reach. These are the two books I've written so far, and uh, you can get them on Amazon. Uh, they're very cheap, or you can go to our website and click on the, the that front page, and it'll take you to Amazon. You can you know order it that way. I'm the worst at advertising. I can't stand doing it, uh, but I've had... Uh, certain people saying you better start doing this because people want to know and I uh, I hope you want to know um, and I hope you get the word out so starting in July get on our website keep looking until that flyer gets up we will have an application we you'll even be able to click on and go to PayPal and be able to even be able to pay online and we'll have a uh, if you need to send checks to get here you know you can, but uh, there'll be a lot of details on the application, and it'll probably answer every question that you need. But if there's a question, there'll be an email that you can email in and uh, be able to ask questions that come to you. But uh, we sure love you. I hope uh, this God story today helped. Uh, we love you. Thank you for uh, really following us and and supporting us, supporting our ministry and and uh keep going after jesus most importantly instead of you know following our ministry uh even supporting our ministry uh financially uh that that's not really the the emphasis for our ministry we really want you following jesus we really want you to really walk in the fullness of god and if you're walking in the fullness of god there won't be no problem you know funding stuff. God will supply. We've got to seek first the kingdom and everything else is added. And uh, that's what we're wanting. We're wanting a people that are really following the Lord, not following our ministry. We want them following Jesus. That's our ministry here uh, is we want to build a people that are walking the fullness of Jesus Christ. So keep going after the Lord. We love you. And, uh, I'll see you next Tuesday. Grace, grace.